0: Several principles here, and we are on the fifth week or fifth lesson as we begin or travel through this decision-making process. Let me just recall our minds to what we've been teaching through up to this week. First of all, we began teaching that we we need a sober mind. A sober mind is that in which is a serious mind, but it is understanding of all the different situations that that decision we make is going to affect. Understand that no decision is simply only personal. Every decision will affect someone else, some more than others, but it will affect others. And our decisions that God leads us to, we need to come to an understanding that it's going to affect our marriage, it's going to affect the way we rear our children, it's going to affect those whom we minister with, it's going to affect our community in some ways. It's incredible how God truly leads us to decisions, but we need to understand the depth and the seriousness of a decision. We ought not to be flippant about it. We ought not to be just simply dismissive, that this is just a small thing, it's okay, Uh, but rather to be serious about it and to make sure that we come to this decision with a mind wanting the heart of God. Secondly, we looked at that very thought, a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we began teaching about the importance of a clean heart want to make sure that our heart is clean and pure before God by confessing known sin, by bathing our heart and our minds in the Word of God and truly allowing the Word of God to teach and to guide us through. Really is what we are doing is taking the spectacles in which we view a decision thereby and cleaning off the lenses. We clean our glasses as it were uh, with God and by coming to God and confessing known sin and allowing God to teach us how we should be looking at it. We want to make sure that we're looking at uh, through the whole spectacle, uh, through the whole pair of glasses, not just one little dot, not just one little pinhole. We want to make sure that we are seeing this God's way. Thirdly, we looked at the courageous spirit. A courageous spirit is one that truly is willing to go forward on just the information that god gives us and by the way that's never going to be enough that's not it's never going to be all the information that we want you know we want to know what's going to happen and we'll speak on this here in just a few moments because our subject tonight of faith nearly uh, are, are hand in hand they are interwoven in so many ways they're different but they truly are similar in many aspects Uh, But a courageous spirit is one that says, okay, God hasn't given me all the information, but on the information that he has given me, uh, I truly am going to make a step forward, knowing that I am thinking this through, that I am doing so with the lens of a pure heart, and I'm willing to go forward. God has put it in my way. God has brought it to me, and I am willing to take that step forward, a courageous spirit, Last week we looked at wisdom. Wisdom is getting God's perspective. If you remember, I used the illustration of going to the top of that tower on top of the smoky mountains and looking out and being able to see all the landscape around and seeing what those who were below could not see because I had a higher perspective. And that's wisdom. Wisdom is getting God's perspective. He sees things different than I see them. further than I can see. And wisdom is saying, God, I want your perspective. Mine might be faulty. Mine might be just simply looking in the valley, but you see much further down the road. You see much, much further, and I can trust your perspective and how important it is for us to have the wisdom of God. And by the way, the Bible says for us to get the wisdom of God is just to simply ask, to ask in faith. What an incredible thing it is that God wants us to have his wisdom. He wants us to view things like he views them. He wants us to see things like he sees them. And he invites us to ask. If any man ask of God, he giveth to he give, uh, uh, God of wisdom, he giveth to all men liberally. God liberally gives his wisdom. He encourages us uh, to rise to his viewpoint and to see things with his Perspective. And so, wisdom is getting the perspective of God. Faith is our fifth resource here tonight. And we're going to be focusing on this very thought. I love speaking on the subject of faith. We have looked much at faith over the years. And we're going to remind and look at some aspects in which we have not exhausted. Um, By the way, there is no subject in the Word of God that you can exhaust, faith included. Faith is a vital part of the decision making process. Remember it's like going to plan for a, a a climb we've used that illustration before and as you prepare to make a climb, you're going to want to make sure that your backpack has everything that is needed in it, and we are having are putting on those tools we're making sure that these tools are accessible and readily available. For the decision-making process, and it is vital that we understand that we need this tool, this resource of faith, and it must be accessible. Faith is allows us to relate to God on His terms. It's a process that requires us to act in faith if we are going to do decisions right. Faith is the op- is, is us saying, God, I want to have your heart. I want to have your leading. I am willing to go where you say to go. I'm willing to do that which, in which, uh, which you say you, uh, I, I ought to do. I'm willing to take those steps forward. And doing so aligns us to a relatable action aspect with God it is incredible at how God enables us through faith to please him and we'll see that in just a moment think about this for just a moment God has a plan and you are a vital plan of that I am a vital part of that God has a plan and we are part of his plan in eternity past he had a plan and that plan involves you it involves me That's an incredible thing, right there. Look, if you will, to Psalm chapter thirty-two. This psalm is truly—it truly speaks to direction. It speaks to that in which directs our heart. Psalm thirty-two. I told you to keep your place there. We're going to look at two verses here, and then we're going to go over to Hebrews eleven in just a moment. Go to verse number eight, if you would, please. Notice what the Bible says: "I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way." which thou shalt go i will guide thee with mine eye think about this for just a moment how incredible this is the god of all creation the god who spoke the heavens and the earth into existence who made man out of the dust of the earth said i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go God says, I want to direct your path. I want to direct your steps. I want to direct your life. And I want to teach you and instruct you in the way in which you should go. What an incredible thought it is that God has a plan and he has that plan designed for you and me. What an incredible God we have. I love that last phrase, I will guide thee with mine eye. Think about this for just a moment. I have 100% of God's view. I have 100% of God's eye on me. And by the way, you have 100% of God's eye upon you. How is that possible? He's God. He's, om- he's omnipresent, all-present. He is all-powerful. He, ha- You have 100% of his attention. I have 100% of his attention. And he wants us to be directed in the way in which he should go, in which way I should go. What an incredible God we have. That illustrates, I believe, in this thought a couple of things. I believe- First of all, it teaches us that God has vision and that he wants us to understand that we can be in the center of the vision that he has for our life. But I believe secondly, not only does it teach us that he has vision and a, vision, and a, and a visionary plan, if we could state it that way, for us, but that God's clear guidance gives me opportunity to see his direction or to see things the way he sees them. But the Bible teaches us that this guidance comes because of verse number 9. Notice what the Bible says. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with the bit and the bridle, lest they come near unto thee. What is God teaching here? He says, I want to guide, I want to direct I want you to be where I'm focused, and I want you to have my viewpoint upon life. But he says, in order to do so, we need to what? To be teachable, to be guidable. Not as the horse or the mule that has to be forced to go a direction, but rather gently listening to our master's voice to so the guidance and the direction in which God gives. And as our hearts are teachable and guidable, God directs our way or shows us the way in which we should go. What an incredible thing it is. But the key is is for us to have a teachable heart, a guidable heart when our heart starts spurring against the Word of God and against God's teaching, He can't guide us like He wants to. He wants to have our heart. He wants us to have, or excuse me, He wants to have our, uh, our, our, our yieldness and our willingness to listen and to be guided through Him, ready to respond this very relationship requires faith faith that god knows the right way faith that god knows what is the right guidance to give this requires faith why does it require faith because i cannot see god nor can I hear His audible voice. I understand we have the Word of God. We've spoken of the Word of God. But it requires faith to see His words that He has given and to allow His words to guide and direct our hearts and our life. This requires faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 with me, if you would, please. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. How incredible it is that by faith, that by simple word of God, by the words by the voiced words of God, everything that is seen was made, it was made by that in which we cannot see. How incredible that is! The writer uses two illustrations here: by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse number five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And then we come to verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to do a decision right. It is impossible to get the decision correct. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, I love this last part of this verse: for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of he, of them that seek or, or that diligently seek him. Vision see, without faith will not be made right. It will not be. Correct. And this decision making process begins, as J, uh, or as the writer of Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. The process of faith begins, and we've talked through this before, faith is made of belief and hope. Here is once again the confirmation of that very thing. In order for us to come to a point in which we step out on faith, we must choose to believe God. We've been singing that chorus all year long. I believe God. And that is the very foundation of faith. It starts with a choice of choosing to believe God. Believe that his word is, uh, is right. Believe that truly God will give us wisdom. Believe that we can take a step that God chooses and God desires for us to take and that we can make that decision right. Not because we have some sensory or experiential moment, but rather because we have chosen to believe. Believe God. Believe him. Believe not only in salvation, but believe that he can lead your life tonight. Believe that he can help you get decisions right tomorrow. And clearly throughout this rest of the year and throughout life, you can truly do things right. But it starts with believing God and being willing to put that belief into action, which is faith. You see, God is not hiding. God's not hiding. He's not putting a veil across our eyes saying, catch me if you can. That's not Him. God wants to be found. He wants us to have wisdom. He wants us to take the steps of faith. And He responds to how our heart leans. Did not Solomon say, lean not unto thine own understanding"? So what happens if we lean to our own understanding? Our own way, our own thinking, our own plan, our own understanding of the situation, what happens? We begin leaning away from God. And if we begin leaning away from God, God cannot reward like He desires to reward. But when we lean to God, when we lean upon Him and state clearly, I believe and I am willing to act upon faith, God then responds. God responds when we choose to lean not to our own understanding, but to lean to Him, lean towards God. He begins to answer. He begins to reveal He begins to show His blessings. He begins to guide and direct. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. When we seek our God and seek to live a life of faith, the just shall live by faith. When we seek to do so, God rewards. God blesses that. What an incredible God we have. God wants to be found. Seek Him. I want to give give you four things here tonight as we think about faith. First of all, tonight I want to make this statement here this evening. Faith is the nature of our relationship with God. It begins with faith. Go, if you will, to Psalms chapter 34, please. Psalm chapter 34. Look at verse number 8 with me. David says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Did you see the invitation there? By faith, we must taste and see that the Lord is good. By faith, God invites us to taste of His blessings, to partake of the blessings that He wants to give, or to partake of the choices that He leads and guides and directs in our life and see that the Lord is good. It takes faith to see that the Lord is good. It takes faith to choose to see his nature and the nature of the relationship that we have with god is good but it takes faith to see that look at verse number 22 of the same chapter the lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him is desolate God doesn't leave anyone uh, 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 desolate. God doesn't leave anyone just simply on a remote island somewhere all alone. God truly rewards and blesses those of them that trust him, that trust in his word, that trust by faith to truly to live and to walk out or to take those steps of faith. This is truly a process. This is a process that we need to work through in our hearts because as we see a decision that God brings our way, we must choose to see, to see what God sees and to choose to take that step even if we don't have all the information at hand. He's often, when it comes time to a decision, what do we want? To, we want to know what's going to happen if I make this step. And what's going to happen at the end? And what's going to take place uh, if I continue on down that road? If I continue on down that direction? What's going to happen all the way down through the end of the end of that decision, the end of all of those things? We want to know how it's all going to work out. Well, if I choose to do that, what's going to happen then? What's going to, how that's going to work out? How is that going to take place? How is that going to shape? How, we want to know all of the details before we step out. But God doesn't show us us all of the details often. He just simply says, believe me and I'll show you. And that truly is the very essence of faith because when we want to see everything all mapped out, everything all clear, everything perfectly in place before we take a step, that is not faith. Faith is God saying, believe me and I'll show you. Believe me and And I'll show you what I want you to do. You see, God wants us to decide and then see. God wants us to decide to follow his leading and then see how he's going to put it all together. Faith does not work by sight. Faith is trusting God when I cannot see the outcomes or even how all of this is going to work out even when things don't make sense even when humanly speaking things don't compute this doesn't seem right this doesn't seem possible but yet god is leading in this direction god is leading in this decision it doesn't seem like it ought to be faith is often counterintuitive to our human nature Think about this for just a moment. There's a man named Abraham, the father of Israel. God said, Abraham, pack up your stuff and go. Where are we going, God? Let me worry about that. Just pack up your stuff and go. So what did Abraham do? He packed up his stuff and he went. God says... I'm going to show you a land that will one day be yours. Your whole family will dwell in this land. Well, where is it, God? Don't worry about that right now. I'm going to give you the land. Abraham, I'm going to give you a great, I'm going to make of you a great nation. You will be blessed and all the earth will be blessed in you. But he told that to Abraham who had no children. God, how's that going to work out? Don't worry about that, Abraham. I've got that sorted. It'll be okay. Your children will be, be as sand as the sea, as the stars in the heaven. I'm going to take care of that. Just trust me. By faith, act. And what did Abraham do? By faith, he acted. And by the way, these dear people and testimonies that we'll give throughout tonight continued doing what God had instructed them to do until God directed otherwise. This wasn't a moment of them choosing to suddenly say, okay, well, I'm going to stop all of that that God has shown me to do thus far. I'm just going to stop doing those things until I know exactly what God wants. No, no, no. They kept doing that which was right and what they knew God wanted them to do until God directed them to do something else. That's a key point. Think about Lazarus. (laughs) Lazarus, whom Jesus Christ rose from the dead, What a powerful, powerful situation. But wait a minute. Did he tell them when he walked up to the tomb? Did he say, okay, I'm going to say Lazarus, come forth after you move away the stone. And Lazarus is going to come out bound in grave clothes. You're going to unbind him. You're going to embrace him. You're going to be happy. We're going to have a big party. It's just going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Did he tell them all that? No, he didn't. He just said what? Move that stone. He didn't tell them all that's going to take place. He told them to take that next step, to move the stone. They moved the stone, and what happened? God had a plan, and that plan worked like God intended. You see, God has our best interest at heart. God has your best interest in his heart. All the things that are in your life right now are for your best interest. Sometimes that's really hard to see in the moment. But it's for our best. We sang a moment ago, we read a moment ago, the Lord is good. He does that which is good and best in our lives. He is trustworthy. Trust Him. It takes faith to move that stone. It takes faith to do what Abraham did, pack up and go. It takes faith to trust that God was going to make of him a great nation. It takes faith, taking that one step that God clearly shows at a time. Secondly tonight, faith fulfills God's eternal purposes. In one Peter chapter five, verse number four, the Bible says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The Bible says in James one twelve, blessed is the man that endureth temptation; for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the world hath, or which, which the Lord hath promised to them that love Him. Two Timothy four eight says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love His appearing luke eighteen eight says "I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless, when a Son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth in luke seven nine speaking of the Centurion." Jesus said, "Jesus heard these, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Likewise, he marveled in Mark chapter 6, verse number 6. He marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus, God, marveled at the unbelief or the lack of faith and the great faith of the centurion. He marvels and he looks and he's looking for those who walk by faith and not by sight. You see, faith is the preeminent concern of God when it comes to planet Earth. Think about this for just a moment. All that God has planned for eternity hinges on, on the decisions of faith we make. Somehow, God unfolds all of eternity based upon the decisions of faith we make. That's incredible when you think about it. What an amazing God we have. And he knows what we're going to make. He knows the decisions that we're going to make even. And yet he marvelously weaves it together like a a beautiful tapestry that is good and perfect in every way. This truly helps our hearts to see that our all-knowing God who knows what we will do and what will happen and yet leads us to decisions of faith to help us us see his plan unfold. He is a rewarder of them that seek him. Rewarder. And that reward isn't selfish, like I'm going to get this reward, I'm going to get these crowns, and look at the crowns, look at all that I have. But rather it's going to be a smile, if we can put it this way the smile of God upon our lives. The smile of God and the favor of God. What an incredible thing it is that God enables us to make decisions of faith. And by the way, let me just simply state that it's intelligent faith, not blind faith. It's smart faith, not dumb faith. And God is the one that validates our faith. God is the one that validates that that decision was done in faith. Faith builds. Faith grows like a muscle. The more you exercise a muscle, the more it grows. Faith is that muscle. Faith is that which moves us to action. Following His decision. Following His leading. Faith is a building moment. It is something in which grows us and strengthens us. Faith is truly that in which pleases God. And how incredible it is that we can make and take steps of faith. So many stories come to mind, and I'm running out of time. I'll come back to them maybe if we have time later. But God truly builds faith. I'm 41. I don't have great faith. But I have 41-year-old faith. I've seen God do so many things. I've seen God work in so many situations. I've seen His hand powerfully in so many areas and so many different directions in which God has led and how He has guided. It's incredible at what God has done. I look back after 41 years and see God is marvelous and what He has done is incredible. God is a wonderful God. He truly is one that can be trusted. By faith, follow His direction. Thirdly tonight, faith is often mistaught and misunderstood. For just a moment here, I want to teach a little bit of theology on faith. You see, there's a lot of bad, bad theology about faith today. There are teachings today that truly are very contrary to Scripture, very contrary to what the Word of God teaches and how its principles on faith are to be followed and acted upon. There are teachings on faith that really speak to the core of the heart that that God is here really to serve me. I'm not here to serve God. I'm not here just to simply to follow Him as He desires and as He leads. But rather, God is here to serve me. And God is nothing more than like a genie that you put in a lamp and you're supposed to rub a certain way and suddenly He comes out and He performs whatever wish we want Him to perform. And truly, that is a very arrogant, a very proud, a very self-dependent and self-righteous way of looking at faith. When we think that our faith is going to somehow unlock uh, a, a God in some way, some mystical way that's going to cause Him to move exactly like I think He should, that is truly confining God. Because God has much more wisdom and much more direction than I ever could or never will. But when I confine God to simply a moment in which He has to perform like I think He perfor- should perform because I take this step of what I call faith, it is nothing more than showing God that I have better sense than He does. I have more vision and more wisdom and I know have a better plan than God does or ever could. My plan is greater than It's like taking some good desires and it's hijacking it. It's forcing God and uh, forcing decisions and forcing things to happen in a way in which God doesn't intend. God, you must do this. And if you don't do it this way, I'm going to force you into it. That's not God. That's not faith. That's a bad theology on faith. Can I give you an example? This is often, often abused. Say I get sick. And I pray in faith that God will heal. And I claim that if I have enough faith that God is going to heal. And I determine that I do have enough faith and that God will heal no matter what. God is going to heal. End of story. It brings a couple theology into it. For example, there's a lot of biblical examples that God did not heal. God didn't heal Paul. In fact, if you were to look to the Word of God, God didn't completely heal any of them they're all dead there's so many current examples today examples of those who love God and love the Lord and are sick and are suffering with illnesses what about the fact that God uses suffering God uses sickness and pain to shape us and to mold us and to show that when we are weak, He is strong. So, for me to simply claim that in faith, God is healing and I demand God to heal in faith brings upon a theology that truly can do one of two things in my heart and life. First of all, it'll crush me in my own sense. In other words, if my faith, if it hasn't happened, it's because my faith wasn't big enough. It wasn't strong enough. It wasn't enough to move the hand of God like I thought it ought to be. It moved. And it crushes me, it brings me into a point in which I am disappointed, in which, I am, uh, in, in which my spirit with God is truly uh, a, a broken, and that relationship begins to be severed because God didn't perform like I think he ought to perform. And it brings along with that a disappointment in God. If I claim something in God that is truly not biblical, or a bad theology in faith, it begins to manifest itself in a relationship that begins to struggle. Faith is believing. Godly faith is believing and trusting God regardless of the outcomes, regardless of what happens. We trust Him. Is that not what Job said? When he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? That is faith. Job says, no matter what God decides, I trust him. If he slays me, he slays me. But I trust him. It is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before the king. And as they stand before the king, he says, bow and worship my golden image the idol in which I've erected. Worship it. What did they say? They said, we will not bow, we will not worship it. They knew that the fiery furnace was going to be their next step. And by the way, they did not claim that or know that God was going to deliver them. They said, we're not going to bow down to worship your idol. We're not going to do it. They said, we know God can deliver. But if not, their words, not mine. Yet will we serve him. Yet will we not bow our knee. If God chooses to deliver us, we know he can. But if he chooses not to, we're still not going to bow down. We know that's the next step. They didn't know the outcome. They didn't know that God was going to miraculously deliver them. They didn't know the end of the story. They just simply trusted God no matter the outcome. And that is faith. Faith is taking that step forward with no guarantees. No guarantees. There's no 14-day cooling-off period. (laughs) It's just God taking that step, and you've got to come through you've got to take this step you've got to you've got to support me I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm taking that step forward. that is faith, and God often leads us to a point in which when we trust him, when we obey him, when we choose to take that step of faith, oftentimes. It's a harder thing. Oftentimes, it puts us in a situation where life doesn't get easier, but often it gets harder. And that goes against our nature, doesn't it? We like the easy way out. We like that which is comfortable to us. And yet God says, take that step and watch me work. And we step out, and we don't know what's going to happen. And God says, just watch what I can. Faith is taking that step, knowing that God is going to unfold it in His plan, in His way. A marvelous illustration of this is found in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we find the angel speaking with Mary, a virgin. She is with child, not of man, but of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, God Himself, was placed in the womb of Mary. And notice how she responds in Luke chapter 1, verse number 38, upon this news. And by the way, this news was going to rock her world, if we can put it that way. It was going to change her life completely, it was going to ruin her reputation. She would be forever have a different testimony it was forever going to change her life and it was going to do so drastically. It was going to cause questions that she could not fully answer. And yet, what did she say? In Mark chapter 1, verse number 38, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. What did she say? A step of faith. Say God chooses. God wants this. Okay. I'll take that step. Faith is letting it unfold the way God determines. Faith is trusting God no matter what he does. It is trusting God when God doesn't make sense. Think about Moses. Think about him going to Pharaoh. God talking to Moses. As he talks to Moses about the conversation that he's going to have with Pharaoh. Could you imagine being in Moses' shoes? God says, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell them that I want Pharaoh to let my people go. And by the way, when you go, he's going to tell you no. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> you want me to go to ask a question that you already know the answer for. <laughs> and yet you still want me to go to the ask the and yet you still want me to go ask the uh, go ask the question. Does that make a bit of sense? Humanly speaking, no. But God had a greater plan. Moses didn't know all that God was going to do. Moses didn't know how God was going to work. God, he, he did not know about all that God was going to do, but yet he was willing to simply go I love what the Bible says here, Exodus chapter 4, verse number 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, when thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden his heart, that he should not let this people go. What an incredible thing it is that God led Moses to do something in which he knew the response for, and yet it was God's plan to do so. God's plan When stepped upon by faith, often is a killing of our plan. Often, when God leads and God directs, it kills all the plans or many of the plans that we've made. It changes them completely. It goes against the human math. Abraham was given a son in his old age. Isaac is now a young man, young boy or a boy. He's his only son. And God tells Abraham to take his only son and go sacrifice him, go kill him. What? <laughs> Does that make any sense? But what did Abraham do? He went. And he did what God told him to do. Now God wondrously worked it out. God wondrously spared Isaac. God powerfully showed Abraham what he was going to do. It is those moments of where we look at God and say, wait a minute, what? What did you say? This is so much different than I envisioned or dreamed it ever would be. And yet, God, you are telling to take that step. But did God make good on his promise through Isaac? He certainly did. We know that today through the tribes of Israel. Faith requires a step out. Number four. God responds to real expressions of faith. We started in Hebrews 11. Let's go back there, and I want to drive home this point here tonight, and we'll be done. Hebrews chapter 11, look at what the Bible says in verse number 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder a rewarder of them that diligently seek him you see it's trusting god and trusting that god will reward it's trust that has stepped out upon the direction in which god gives and as we Take that step. God shows what that next step is. He rewards with clarity for the next step, for the next way, for the next opportunity, for the next moment. He moves in ways truly that begin to bring glory to God. Truly, as I look back in life and I see how God has moved, it's not because I have, uh, I've had some great faith or I'm some great Christian, but rather it's because God has done some marvelous and wondrous things. And I look back and I say, praise God for what God has done. God has been so good. God has been wonderful. It's not by my power. It's not by my mind. It's by God himself. God has done this. God is an incredible God, and those things in which He moves in our heart and life, and He moves in that decision, He does so to bring glory to Him. You see, faith always brings God's best rewards. It is those stories of faith, of those clear moments of faith, that we take those steps in leading in accordance to God, that gives us those stories that we love to tell our children and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren and those generations following it is those stories that leave indelible marks in our heart and our life and we look back and say god did that why because of faith god often calls a play calls an action if we can use the analogy of 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 a game of, or of playing a sport and the coach calling out a play or calling out an action and we try to do it a different way and it doesn't work like we thought and finally we take the coach's voice and we hear him say, no, do it this way, go that direction, run that way, and we choose to go that direction, and it's that moment when all of a sudden, when we follow the coach's voice, when we follow his instruction, that everything plays out like intended, like the coach knew it would. It is those moments in which we see that God God calls and leads Oftentimes, in a way in which doesn't make sense, but faith leads to right decisions. Faith is a choice, it's an action. Choose to live by faith. Faith is a vital tool that we need as we begin this process next week of the, uh, of decisions and of making a decision. We're going to need the faith resource. We're going to need wisdom. We're going to need a courageous spirit, a pure heart, and a sober mind. We're going to need these things. They're vital and they're important. They're resources, truly, that help us As we see with faith, to please our God, to make the right choices, to do decisions right. Faith. Faith pleases God. Take this step.